I hope you guys did enjoy that lovely track. It's called Destiny. Okay, specifically for this theme of today, unleashing the power of change in small businesses with Natalie Haywood Smith. Live stream over YouTube, LinkedIn, and LinkedIn Audio. I'm so so very much excited uh, to have this awesome conversation with Natalie. So let me give you a heads up on what uh, the show is gonna be about. So the topic is unleashing the power of change in small businesses. Thank you so much for joining us on this captivating episode as we explore the journey of small businesses navigating the delicate balance between tradition and transformation to thrive in today's ever-changing landscape. If you are a small business owner or an aspiring entrepreneur, please, please listen to this. Not only, sh not only that, please share this awesome live stream with your friends family members whoever you think would get value from this conversation now before we get into and deep dive into this topic i want to actually make a, a quick shout out okay the first shout out which i want to do it's not not an actually a shout out but an announcement which i want to make so as you guys know uh, that we are ranking on apple podcast on number six on apple podcast on southeast asia I would not have been able to do this without your love and support. So thank you so much kindly for helping me through and through with this journey. It feels so, so damn good. So thank you so much for helping us, uh, you know, helping me achieve it, helping my podcast achieve it. Okay. Next thing which I want to let you know is that uh, as, as a design business, as a design business owner, I have actually started a new offer. I'm going to be starting helping entrepreneurs design websites. So I have a special offer for you guys today. If you are an entrepreneur and if you have a business and if you don't have a website, I'll help you create that website absolutely free of cost. If you are interested, please reach out to me over LinkedIn, email, Instagram, wherever you want. Uh, just message me the word website and I'll take you through the process. I want to be very open and upfront. Uh, the cost of acquiring the domain SEO and any sort of web maintenance fees, this is not included in the free website. I'm just offering my talent, helping you to get the website design done, not just me along with my other web developers. So this is just a new feature. If you are interested, the first 20 individuals who are going to be reaching out to me, they would not be charged any sort of money to get this website done. So DM me the word website. I'll be happy to help you out. Now let's get into our conversation. So Natalie, you know, welcome, welcome to this live stream which we are having. And just in case if you guys don't know where Na who Natalie is, Natalie Haywood-Smith is an action-oriented advocate for business development, team growth. She's also a change catalyst, a strategic leader who shapes vision strategies, aligning people with business, with lasting value, with expertise in business development, talent management. Natalie has empowered startups to scale, prioritize people-centric programming, and she has founded this consultancy called as Haywood Smith Consultancy to partner with small businesses, mid-sized businesses, building their teams strategically. And lately, besides working with wonderful group of clients in the creative space, she has also been focused on startup uh, called Popstock, a groundbreaking stock imagery platform. When she's not working, she's doing other dope stuff which moves her need, moves the needle, and she has fun. So... She is an awesome individual. I, I love having her on the show and I'm going to have her more on the show. We will have a few more episodes with Natalie in the next coming season. So welcome, Natalie. You know, let me have some drum roll uh, just to, you know, just to make you feel good. 
Welcome. Thank you. I, I have to say, first of all, you are just an amazing individual. I appreciate you so much. Like even, you know, our pre-conversations were fun and engaging and you were so flexible with my schedule, which was a little all over the place. So I thank you, thank you, thank you. And for, for just bringing me on the show. It's been, it's an honor. Absolutely. And there if you hear the siren, that's actually New York. <laughs> oh yes, that's New York. You know, let me see if I can dim the sirens because you know there's nothing like a little background music to make you feel good <laughs> and feel wonderful. But I don't know the sirens in New York. And I saw there's somebody from Canada. I hope you're okay. I know the Canada fires up there in your area are a little crazy. So I actually just got I'm the news from Natalie well. about uh, the fire, the forest fire in Quebec, Canada. I want to you know send my prayers to all those individuals who might be affected by fire please be safe you will be in our prayers and and because of this forest fire natalie highlighted that the debris and the fire you know the smoke and all is coming towards a lot of section towards new york so people who are being affected our prayers go to you i hope you guys are safe same 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 <laughs> all right so i just want to say uh, you know a few shout out to some of my friends who joined jeffrey has joined uh thank you so much jeffrey roshan uh, i see leslie and i see michelle carmel and all the other beautiful people and even derek thank you so much guys for supporting us please share the stream there is a share button on your mobile phone right at the bottom of this uh you know audio space please share this invite a few other friends to join this conversation so now let me not bore people let's deep dive into our topic so my first question my first question uh, to you natalie is that why should small businesses defy the allure of constant change instead embrace their power of timeless tradition recognizing them uh, as the secret ingredient that fuels their enduring success in the face of this ever changing world You know, it sounds. The question sounds like poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little like. Oh. I, I think that um, you know, there's a lot of different industries. Small businesses are, you know, they small businesses makes up most of what we would call the businesses that are out there. Even though we're used to the bohemets, the actual number of people in small businesses is much larger. So I think that. what's important to understand is that the core of what your small business has to offer is the thing that's supposed to stay consistent and stay intact we get fooled um into changing what we're doing but that's it's the tools that we use it's the way we do our business it's not that we change who we are um when uh jason and i were talking we talked about the restaurant industry and the effects of covid and how many small businesses had to go out of business but actually if you took stuck to your core like i make good food and then you adapted to the changes in the marketplace so you opened up a food truck that's an example of what we're talking about you don't change who your core is because that's where your value is that's who you are that's the good thing that you do best that's your talent and your skill what you do change is how you interact with the changeable marketplace and how do you adapt to the changeable marketplace and that's a that's going to be on mindset and maintaining faith in your own capabilities and value did i answer the question yeah 
Absolutely, you did. Check in. <laughs> I have to check in sometimes. Yeah, it's it's about um, how you interact. It's about yeah. how you interact. It's about how you interact. So you know, technology gets thrown at us all the time. Sure, I'm a I'm a food truck owner, and there's a new way for me to track my purchases. Of course, you want to know that, but do you have to also, you know, put in this over sophisticated cashier system no you can use something simple like a square you you have to understand what you're doing and then adapt the tools that are out there that are specific to your trade and will enhance what you specifically do not do what everybody else is doing and i think sometimes people get the difference mixed up because they're like oh i have to do this oh i have to do that and that's you can't hop around like that because then you don't give consistency to your customer base. And one of the things is your customer base wants you is wants from you is consistency. They come to you, the service is the same. I get the same level of commitment from your business that I always get. And then I feel trust. And that trust is what keeps the person coming back and the business viable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely you know agree with you. What would, according to you, what are uh, some advantages of sticking to tradition, traditional things uh, as a small business owner? Uh, sticking to some of the traditional ways you do your, do your business, um, trust is actually, you always want, your consumer wants to trust you. They want this uh, the similar experience every time or a better experience every time they interact with you. Um, and experience is sounds like a glorified word, but it could be that the experiences, these people are so nice and they deliver in a timely manner. That's an experience. When I walk in there, um, you know, if it's a brick and mortar thing, a yeah, business, the when look, I walk the in, feel, how people interact, how, well, how they welcome feel, you. The look. When I call for customer service, mm -hmm. I get consistently, how are you? How can I help you? someone who remembers or can look in a database and see what your last conversation was. It's like the last time we spoke, you had A, B, and C. Were those Are those still in good standing, let's say? And on the, you can say yes. And now I need a D, E, and an F. And they're like, okay, let's tag it all together. And I know, I know I'm using... Um, descriptors, but we, you know, each industry has its different things. So, you know, if you call your cell company, let's say you have a, your cell phone company because you have an issue and you can get someone who can solve it immediately and not keep you waiting in a chat box for 12 minutes before they, cause they're doing 17 other things at the same time. It's like <laughs> that experience of, Hey, you're talking to me. Is phenomenal. So, I, I totally yeah, agree. I, I think many many businesses, especially new ones, Natalie. I totally agree. They rely so much on technology that this human interaction is everything is automatic. And I'm not saying I, I'm a big advocate when it comes to automation, but I think that you know there has this human interaction just goes away. And, and sometimes, you know, having those traditional mediums just make a lot of sense. You know, hi, how are you? Like like how we are having this conversation, you, you spoke about the fire in Quebec, in Canada, mm -hmm. this human interaction, that would not happen with a yeah. chatbot, right? 
So yeah, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, that actually brings me to my next question. How can small mm-hmm. businesses find that perfect balance uh, between preserving these traditions and also embracing mm-hmm. the need of change to stay relevant in the world that glorifies innovation and disruption? Okay. So well, I think that um, we're, we're really talking about mindset in that case. I think there are key things and they sound simple in one sense, but they're really, you really have to be consistent with your customers. So you have to be consistent in how you communicate. You can't be nice one minute and then be dismissive the next. It doesn't work. You always have to be attentive. Um, you, you, you know, people build their brands and they say like, oh, we're the brand that's going to deliver amazing service. Well, if your brand message is amazing service, your brand standard has to be amazing service too. So when we're talking about consistency and then applying it within your business, that's what we're talking about. Um, sure, you you keep a uh, you know you keep you keep abreast of changes, you know, in the industry, but you're only going to apply the tools that work for your industry or work for your specific business. So. If you are someone that pictures are an amazing thing for people to see in reference to your business, yes, use Instagram, post consistently photos, of, you know, because we we're talking about food because I like to eat probably, but con- constantly post those photos, post photos about what your customers look like and their joy, what the food looks like, really do that consistently and well because and use that tool because that's the best tool for your business and one that you can maintain consistent content for and consistently push out um with Poxstock, you know one of the things is we are we're photo- photography focused so what happens is we're always pushing out good photography here are the images here are the photographers or that are on our site let's talk about how diversity and imagery works, you know, those are some of the things in our messaging because that's the mission and that's the power behind it. Um, For myself, when I talk to people about what their goals are, we're talking about where is your market? Who are your, who are your customers? Are you talking to your customers? Are you delivering consistency to your customers? What's the feedback you get? And if you get negative feedback, how do you handle the negative feedback? Do you address it? with the person in a professional manner that can reassure them that you would understood that trust factor is, is, is what you're building in all of those moments. And I think that, um, that consistency and communicating consistently and applying your standards is what makes people really confident that they can come to you at a given time, in a given moment. And there are ways to do that. There are practical, practical ways to do that. You know, you, you, how, if everybody answers the phone the same way, they're going to be like, oh, I'm getting the same service. If um, the form is the form that you send out to your customer always looks the same so they know where to look for the information, that's reassuring. it's not like the I've got a bell and whistle everything you just have to believe a little bit 
And, you know, when we go back to the mindset, believe in what it is. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. continue on that road. Yeah. I, I want to say, guys, is that, you know, we I generally do have pre-calls with my guests before having them on the show. So a lot of things which Natalie said to me personally, which she is not highlighting right now. But, you know, you know I, I know what she's trying to say and I appreciate you sharing it. Some of the pointers, you know, which Natalie uh, did bring up in our pre-call. And let me just go through my notes. And she said that, first of all, you know, embrace your tradition uh, because that helps you to differentiate quite a lot. Okay, from, you know, from businesses which are out there. Second, she highlighted that evaluate the need of change. Do you really need to have that trend? Is it really necessary? Uh, what are the potential risks involved if you were to get into it? Uh, and she also said uh, that, you know, speak to your employees, encourage them to share ideas. Uh, research, keep continuously, keep adapting, those kind of things. And, and you know, guys, you know, this happens quite a lot because sometimes when we say it on a pre-call, we, we are like, okay, I have already said this and it does not come out. So, Natalie, it's okay. I got you covered. Okay, but these are the Thank things. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I was trying to keep notes too. It's just like, <laughs> and, you know, and to, and to those, so, yes, those things, I'm going to step back a minute because I think that, um, in all of this, there's something that happens with small businesses. You have to know what your offering is, yes. You have to be sure but what your matter of expertise is going to be. And when you come into a, do, running your own business, you think that you're going to run it or based on, I'm good at this. And that's like the task of what it is. The other part of having a small business is the task of running how to run a business. So, as you're, as you look at it, the, the business needs to, for you to have two mindsets. And this is a little bit of the balance. One, an area of understanding your expertise. And two, how do I manage my operations? How do I manage my price schedule? How do I manage um, delivery of service? So there's two components there. So oftentimes, especially when you get to a certain level of projects, you're going to want to consider bringing someone else in to help you on their operation side, which is important to recognize when that needs to be done so that you can maintain the heart and soul of your business as well as have it run effectively. Because not all uh, entrepreneurs can do both. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing those pointers, Natalie. You know, it kind of, you know, pulls me to my next question. Uh, what happens if you decide to completely abandon tradition in the pursuit of modernization? How can small businesses avoid losing their unique essence in the process? And, you know, I would I would personally ask you another thing. Do you think uh, mm -hmm. we should, you know, lose tradition in the process of being modernizing ourselves? Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't think we should need to lose tradition. I think what we need to identify is what's the benefit of my change to my customer. Because usually we're changing because we recognize that there's something that we don't have or want to do and we need to push forward. I worked with a non-for-profit um, doing medical missions. And that was an amazing... The, 10 years, global missions, but COVID hits. 
So you can't build a medical team and take them overseas anymore. Now, where does that go? What do you, what do you do? How do you stay here? At the core of these medical missions was realized that it was really helping youth and performing specific uh, services for um, teens that were at a point in their life where they were suffering from a medical condition that could be fixed with surgery. Well, how do we then help teens here in the US? So little by little in shifting and in thinking about like who was the core that we were servicing? They were teenagers looking for a better life. That was the thing that inspired the non-for-profit and what they hope to do. That's now shifting into uh, a business or a, a supporting teams in the United States with pursuing their career, pursuing their in the STEM fields and pursuing opportunities through mentoring so that they're ready for college. They're ready to pursue a career. They're ready to move to the next phase in their, their life. So even though how this service was delivered completely changed, the core of we wanna help teens because that's when human beings are at a crucial point in their life. And that's where they see the, they start to think about their future and move towards it. How do we, we, we support in that space so that others can find their way? So you don't have to, I, I think to your question, you don't have to let go of what's your inspiration to have started your business, but you will look at how do you deliver your business. Yeah, I, I, I think it makes sense. Okay, so uh, let's actually, let's have some consideration when it comes to large corporations. So what strategies mm -hmm. would you recommend for small business owners? You know, we can employ as small business owners so that we can leverage our history mm -hmm. and tradition as a competitive advantage uh, in, 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 a, in an industry which is dominated by large corporations. So with that sense, what would you suggest we should do? Big companies, um, I, larger I corporations. Yeah, go ahead. So large corporations, you will learn, one way is to learn to work with them. So if we look at all the small businesses that are Amazon stores or Walmart stores or an Etsy store, that's one of the way to get, like if you just look at how do you get your product delivered? That's ways that you can do it. You can have your store. You don't have to open up a brick and mortar, but there have been changes in technology. Online shopping is big. And then these, there are big corporations who now will partner with you so that your small business can thrive. I think that's one of the ways we look at um, big businesses and how we use them to advantage. A lot of people don't realize with large corporations that sometimes they don't have capacity capacity for all the work that they do. How do you, you make connections within a large business and then you become a sub vendor, which is often not thought about, but you can sub vend. There are businesses that have thrived off of sub vending through a corporation delivering services that the corporation needs to deliver their offerings to their client base. So that's another way. Um, there's a lot of growth right now within the government. 
especially in the U.S., government contracting. You don't have to bid on everything. There's a set of contracts that are just a, a pitch can, uh, that you can go after that aren't the primary, but like, like the secondary contracts that are smaller, that is more adaptable to a small business. Those are ways that you can get in with these large corporations so that you are supporting the effort as opposed to competing with the effort. That makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But do you recommend anything uh, we can do as small business owners? Uh, in a, because we are in this competitive space, right? With larger mm -hmm. corporations. And larger corporations, you know, they are big. Mm -hmm. They have the money, the power to do things. So mm -hmm. what would you recommend? I mean, the things which I can think of is like, you know, maybe offer exceptionally good customer service, which you did highlight, maybe have like mm -hmm. a, a specific focus, uh, maybe, uh, you know, so, have some craftsmanship mm -hmm. or something of that sort. I don't know. You know, what do you think? I think that if you know the benefit to your customer that you make, so with, with services from me, what happens is I know that in the end, that my customer will reap the dollars of what I do with them. We consult, we figure out where costs are, we do an audit. My end goal is for them to make money. And because I know how I fit into that dynamic, they see the return on it. Through the consulting we do, through the coaching we do, through the business opportunities we can open up with my assistance. The, um, you know, if we, we if we if we think just about uh, the 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 large corporation, they have their they know what they do. The small one needs to really understand how they fit into their customer's life. So if it's a story they're telling about their services that will enrich the their customers business, then that would be the way to do it. So I'm trying to give a good example of something that would be helpful. Um, with, uh, you know, if we go back to the food truck analogy, you know, I know that, you know, I'm the food truck owner, I do really great rice. The benefit to my client is my customer that comes to me is that the rice that I make, they don't have to go home and make rice now. <laughs> they are saved from labor. They are saved from gas and electric, whatever. You know, they don't have to oh, heat up a stove. And they are fed and they enjoy it. So if I know what my benefit is to the customer, then I can actually create more value for them because now I'm tied into what their joy is and what their, their end goal is. And that's, that's the benefit of maintaining who I am. Absolutely. I, that, that I makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I realize Guys, I use rice, but <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. You, you, we were trying to make a point guys, you know, I, I want to, I want to let you know that if you are listening to our conversation, please know that being a guest on a live interview and answering questions is not easy. 
it's very challenging uh, because you have to be spontaneous you have to be instant you have to think of examples i know and and i can be an as you know i can end up you know asking something else in between which can shift you completely away so please give a shout out you know send send natalie some emojis guys if you're watching us on link if you're hearing us on linkedin because she is doing absolutely phenomenal have you been on another podcast natalie by any chance like is this the first time you've been <laughs> Have you been? Yeah, this is. I, I mean, what I, I did one audio thing a while back, but um, this is really actually my first time. See, so see, see, guys. I, I think she definitely needs an applause because she's doing absolutely hey. fantastic being a first timer here. So thank you, Natalie. I appreciate this very, very much. Let's actually dissect this. Let's go further. And I see a lot of people actually throwing in emojis for Natalie, clapping applause for Natalie. Thank you guys for your love and support. I am very, very appreciative of you being so supportive to my guest. So my next thank question. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my next question, which I have for you, in the midst of these societal society and technological advancements which are going on, how can small businesses rediscover the value of the time-honored practice and infuse them with a fresh perspective to attract modern customers? If you get my question. Yeah, so I, I think that um, the first thing you need to do is talk to your current, you know, usually every business has like their top 20% or their top 10% 10 of customers. I think you should talk to them. And I think that they trust you and you trust them as business partners. So when you talk to them and ask them, like, where are you going next? It's going to elevate your conversation with them. It's going to allow you to plan with them. And then it's going to also reveal what else is coming the way. Because when you get enough like minds thinking together, that's where you start to see what the trend will be. And then you can figure out how you fit in with that trend. Or do you need to buck the trend and go in a different way? Because no matter how commoditized a marketplace is, and when we talk about you know all these big businesses, we talk about them being you know, taking the market share because they're doing everything more better, different, faster, good, or whatever you want to use as the adjective. I think the other component of that is if you buck it because you offer a personalized service or you offer a quality service or you offer handmade goods versus machine processed goods or, you know, patterns that are different um, in, your, in your business and in your delivery of a product, I think that's where oftentimes we'll see the, the biggest difference for the small business. And that's why they continue to maintain and they continue to grow and they continue to service because they are, they are tapped in in that way. Yep, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to 13 listeners who are listening to our conversation. I want to say hi to Wade, my good friend. Uh, and I see Miranda, Melissa, and many others who have actually joined our conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. So let's actually move on. You know, my next question, which I have, is about storytelling. Okay, now this is slightly different. Mm -hmm. I want to know about the role of storytelling in conveying uh, the unique heritage and values and experiences of a small business. And how can this storytelling be... Uh, effective in igniting customer engagement or foster emotional connections and differentiate small business from their competitors? 
I think that there are lots of examples of telling stories about uh, our businesses and telling your story is most important because if we look at a commoditized market where you know everyone has the same leather bag, yours is going to be different because of how of your story, of the story of your business. So if we talk about um, new businesses that are coming up, you, there's there's a there's a company out there that's selling wool sweaters, but they talk about how their story is: we went to this country, we fell in love with it, and then we realized there's this great art art of making sweaters, and then we realized we could deliver it at an economical price. So we we stayed for a while. We learned how to shear the the sheep. When we learned how to, you know, do the the spinning and stuff like that. So we were connected to our product and always would be able to deliver a, a an exemplary product. And there, from there, what happens is once you get back to the U.S. and you start telling people your story, they're like, oh, I want that sweater because they know what they're talking about. They took time to learn that industry. They turned time to learn. They took time to learn the art. I want that sweater because it's not just some sweater on a rack somewhere. I'm invested in a business that cares and I'm invested in a business that cares about me. And that's what the story conveys. The, the story conveys your passion, your care, and then why that makes sense to the consumer because they start to care with you. And they realize that you care about them. That's why you bother to tell the story. So yep. narratives are important in your, in your delivery of service. Uh, if you think about your own personal experiences when you go to buy a wine, right? You go into the, the wine store and you're looking at the little tags. And truthfully, they all look the same. But the tag that has... This is a full-bodied, best with dessert. Maybe you want just a one-off right after dinner. You know, when it tells you the story about this, this, this vineyard is located here, then you're like, oh, that sounds better. I want that wine instead. Or you go in and you buy hair conditioner and, and it says, oh, this is just not your regular hair conditioner. This is meant to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And it has all these ingredients that will make your hair feel wonderful. You, and it's, it's on a label and you're reading it. And then you feel like, hey, somebody is talking to me. That's the importance of narrative and storytelling. I, I totally and agree with you. Into, yeah, and it ties into some of the things that I was saying before. When you talk about consistency and you talk about communicating and you talk about experience, and they may have seemed like far stretched, but winding them all into it's the narrative that you're actually telling. Those, that consistency in messaging is what is bringing your customer back. Now, when you're a small business, it might sound that that's completely so much to do. I've got so much to do, but it doesn't, it doesn't take as much as you think it is. Stick to one small thing. So if when we talked about social media, if Instagram is the platform that's best suited to your business, then always tell your story there. Don't worry about TikTok. Don't worry about Facebook. Don't worry about any of these others. Stick to that. 
If you are B2B and LinkedIn is the place that you communicate about your business, stick to it. Don't worry about all the other platforms because you, you don't need them. There's an audience baked in right there that can help you get where you are. I want to add something else to, to the conversation that's really important. And it's your circle. Uh, you know, the circle of trust you create for yourself, which are people that are uh, either in your industry, out of your industry, but that you can go to and have places to spin ideas, to ask questions. They have expertise in different areas and some in the same areas, but they're the one you need to build that small circle that you can count on that isn't your cousin Bob or Berilda or your best friend, Pete. You need a circle of professionals that you can trust and talk to who will honestly give you feedback on, you know, that sounds stupid, don't do that. Or did you think about this? Did you think about the customer? Did you think about transportation? Did you think about how you're gonna do your accounts payable? Like you need that circle. And you build it one person at a time and little by little, and you probably already have them, you just never thought about leveraging them. You never thought about like leveraging that community that you, that professional community that you already have to get more information, to, to bond with, to build access to, to different um, opportunities and different um, communities. You know, knowing your small business association could be a great community for you, depending on what city you're in. Um, joining a chamber of commerce. Commerce could be a great opportunity depending on where you are. Investigate, investigate those things because you need that circle around you because that's going to be supporting you. And they'll tell you like, oh, this is going on. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you try this method? Did you try this technique? It'll also keep you from getting swallowed up in the in the technology of everything is this, everything is that. It'll keep you grounded so that you're not going off into every different fad all of a sudden trying to save your business when all you needed to really do was stick to what's my expertise? How do I deliver it well? How do I operate on the flip side so that I make sure my pricing is right, my billing is right? Am I talking to my customer base so that they can inform me of what's coming next and keep me apprised of what their needs are so that I can start to fulfill them and plan against that and goal set against that. Um, I kind of like wrapped a lot of things up in there, but I'm hoping that um, <laughs> the gist of what I meant. I, I, I think, I think people understand it. So I appreciate you sharing that. All right. So I just want to let the people know who are listening to us that we would be opening up the floor for Q and a, uh, if you are interested, please raise your hand, uh, come up, ask questions directly to Natalie. If there's anything you like to share, uh, please do not hesitate. Please contribute and make this conversation even wonderful. I'm going through some of the chat and I see uh, Marcello. Marcello said hi. Uh, I think he's from Atlanta, Georgia, who is listening to us on YouTube, I think. No, on LinkedIn, actually. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And let me see if I have any other comments. I see another LinkedIn user. Hello. Good day, everyone from Niagara, Canada. All the best. Yep. Thank you. Uh, and who else? 
another linkedin users said thank you team live stuff like that so yeah okay so if anybody else is interested in joining in the stage uh, please do come up and and while we are actually waiting i just want to go ahead and ask just a few more questions then i'm going to play a ad and we will start with q and a all right so the mm-hmm. next thing which i want to ask you is that while i was going through your bio okay i'm a big supporter of my mom and dad so who when i asked you this question who was your biggest in- influence and inspiration in your life you said uh, my dad because he taught me to be curious and my mom because she taught me humor so i like our listeners to actually know a bit more about who natalie is so let's let's hear that uh, so uh i identify as jamaican though i'm in the united states my parents are immigrants from jamaica um we my my family so many of us migrated either to the US to Canada or to England so those are my ties culturally um my dad was voracious i think that's the right pronunciation about consuming newspapers and filling us in on what was the latest information so my curiosity came from that and then talking you know i think it's also the fascination with people in general that um he inspired me because he would always talk to anybody and everybody my mother was very much the same except she was always cracking a little bit of humor and she was witty it wasn't so much she cracked a joke she was just witty so that was that was there was always laughter in our house there was always laughter in our house even when the things weren't all that great um i have a sister and a brother who i adore i have three children who are my my saving grace and so i am thankful that god and has blessed me with such a wonderful family cousins aunts they're all it's it was it was always a laugh when you got us together um and then you know i was going to go to law school and got sideswiped by uh staffing so I went into recruitment for a while and new business and uh grew a grew a division out of um nothing that became quite a popular little place to find creative staff. So I have a, a an interesting mixed background of why I understand and why I combine my abilities to understand how business should strategically grow and the components that you need with talent management and a lot of what makes a company its best is the people that they bring in um so you as the entrepreneur have a a place and an expertise that people want and i think you need to strongly ground yourself in knowing how good you are and if you ever forget read your resume it'll remind you that you've accomplished a lot and you still have more that you want to do and that's why people are coming to you Absolutely. Can I tell you a little bit more about me? Yeah, why not, Natalie? It's your show. Can you get some impressions that were yeah. good, hopefully? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Go ahead, please. Please speak as much as you want. Tell us. We want to know more. I want to personally know more. Go ahead. Oh, wow. So, what else can I say? Um, I love traveling. So, you could tell me we're going any place in the world and I'll go along. Um, just a while back I she like- said she's coming to India. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go and stay with Jason. <laughs> Good. I'm going to stay with Jason. And I am thankful. I know so many people around the world. And I've worked with some amazing, amazing people um, in helping them really start their career and also start their businesses. So that has been 
that is, there's a place where what it is for me is I like to see that I've helped create something that wasn't there before. Because what I end up doing is being able to, to create a legacy um, of contributing to businesses, whether there are small ones and helping them get to the next plateau in their business, or it's building teams within a corporation or a, a business unit, because we got the right person in who took the business in a different direction. I just find that I am, I'm like a turnkey because I come in and I can think with people. I think if you ask me my superpower, it's that I think with people well. <laughs> so it's just like, tell me oh, what part of rapid fire. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I've got enough information to be dangerous, I think is what it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it, it really is, I want to go here. How do I get there? And being able to dig into a business and understand, you know, you do a little bit of an audit initially to understand where the business is, how it's operating, how they're moving forward. And then you, you can pull out the ideas of, oh, have you thought about changing your rate sheet slightly? Because some of the changes a small business needs is maybe one in a key area. It's not across the board. And maybe that's an important thing to take away. The changes don't have to be widespread and across the board. It could be one or two things that just turns the key and you flip up. But until you sit back and take stock in what I have, this is where I am, and then look at where I go next, you, you, you're more so overwhelmed by being in the trees instead of being able to look at the forest. So I think that is, is what's important. Um, as a small business owner and, and identifying and holding on to who you are at your core. Absolutely. Is there, is there, is there like, you know, when you think about a specific, because, you know, businesses are either B2B or they're B2C and then you have healthcare and I've operated in several different. Mm -hmm. um, so I always find that it's nice to give a 30,000 foot view <laughs> but specificity is the most helpful yeah. <laughs> that we can stick in. And I, and you know, the other key thing is if you're going to ask for advice, you might need to follow it. <laughs> Even though people give advice, funny enough, I read this statistic not too long ago. 5% um, of people take the advice they're given. Um, and that's why there is so much that falls by the, you know, businesses that fall by the wayside or don't get to the next step or can't, you know, push themselves forward. It's, you, you sort of have to listen. It's not always, I know best. And so when we go back to the, you know, the comment about mindset, some of that shifting has to be realistic with yourself. How big do I want my business? How big do I want to grow? How big am I capable of growing it? When do I hand off which we talked about a little bit. When do I half hand off a portion of the business for someone else to run? When do I start to bring in experienced staff that has some expertise in the area that I'm in to add on to what my offering is? You know, those are some of the key the key things that are important to. I mean, we could break down all of those things into separate conversations. 
as well. Like, what do I need stepping out the gate? You know what? You need an EIN number. You need a good accountant <laughs> to tell you what to do. <laughs> Absolutely. You need a network. You need a good legal advisor. You know, there are simple like one, two, three, like off the top of our heads. But when you talk about narrative and how to build that, do bring in someone who's a specialist with brand and can understand narrative building. They're there for the consultancy to help you get that off the shelf, but know that you're going to also have to know how to maintain it and figure out what that's going to mean. I mean, there are so many points we could throw in. Yeah, absolutely. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I feel like I'm on a ramble now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I want to first, uh, first thing which I want to say is that Wade, uh, my good friend, I did try to bring you up, but LinkedIn was not allowing me. I would recommend you to exit from this space, join back, raise your hand again. I should be able to bring you up. We were like two to three individuals. Uh, who has joined our conversation, who will be speakers and contributors today. Now, before we get into that, mm -hmm. I'm going to quickly play a shout out to my sponsor so that we have time to have a sip of water, relax a bit, and we will start the second section of our show. So I'm going to quickly play the ad by Dr. Amanda Fu Rayland. Just a second. Do you want to find out how your neurology works? Do you want to understand why you do what you do? Then it's really simple. Just check out yourlifelivit.com and there you'll find lots of different ways for you to be able to learn more about you, why you do the things you do, and more importantly, how to change those in a really quick, effective way. We call it unthinkable change. The change that you'll experience with neural coding is fast and it lasts. Don't wait anymore. You get 86,400 seconds every day. Once it's gone, it's gone. We are committed and passionate about helping people create unthinkable change in their lives. We've been doing this since 2008 and literally changed over 41,000 problems, deleted them from the neurology and then installed a solution that works best for the client. Whether you want to work one-on-one -on -one or take one of our award-winning neural coding online courses, take action today. The costs of not doing that are just more days wasted. So connect with us. We're here to help. We're here to help you create unthinkable change that's fast and it lasts. It's your life. Live it. All right, so the, the voice which you heard is by Dr. Amanda. Dr. Amanda is an international speaker. She has around 1.9 million views on her TED Talk, has spoken in over 14 countries. I'm sure she's a five or six figure speaker. She is also a keynote speaker for over 36 years and she has impacted around 3.5 million lives and is also the number one best-selling author. To get recorded, visit yourlifelivit.com you should be able to find the link under the event notes show notes show description whatever you should be able to find it on that note uh, let's actually go ahead with uh, Q&A I want to say hi to Michelle thank you so much uh, for patiently waiting and joining this conversation uh, do you have a question or would you like to contribute to this conversation 
Uh, thank you so much, Jason. As always, your your radios are incredible and your guests are incredible. Natalie, I've really enjoyed every word that you've said, and I hope you're safe in New York. I'm in New Jersey, and it's starting to get a little bit bad right now um, with all the smoke, mm-hmm. and we wish all the Canadians well as, as well. Um, so, Natalie, I do have a question for you. So, I mean, I love the title, mm-hmm. you know, Unleashing the Power of Change. And it seems like with me, one business led to another, led to another. So now I find myself in three different businesses. And how do you how do you manage them? You know, a lot of people are multifaceted. You know, I'm omnipresent on every social media platform. Um, but if you could, I don't know, give any tip on how do you successfully run your, your passions? And, and all my businesses kind of tie in together. It was one business that opened the door to another, you know, it all just kind of happened organically except for the first business. Um, and now it's just, I'm having a hard time, like kind of wrapping my head around all of it. And I don't want to give up any of them because I'm passionate about them. And to me, business is living out your passion. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you too, Michelle. Thank you. So I, I have a quick question for you. Um, do, are you doing this all by yourself or you have staff? Like, how are you structured? Oh, no. I'm. A, oh, I have no structure. I am a one mom of four uh, businesswoman. I do everything myself from all my videos, all my content to running my business to making the, you know, my own mm-hmm. jewelry. I'll, I do it all myself. So two things. Um, the first thing, I, I realized there's probably going to be an organizational component to it, but I'm, I'm thinking that you need to step back and look at your, your pricing and your scheduling and the three things and where they're in common. How do we get like is each maybe I'll step back. Is each different? Is each business running differently, or just the offering is different? No, they're all they're all completely different. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, no, they're all three. They're all different, but for me personally, they tie in. Which is one, I started making my own gemstone jewelry ten years ago. That led me over to mm-hmm. Pinterest with with great success now that actually led me to being a pinterest strategist because everybody was asking me how i succeeded so quickly over there and then i just got accepted mm-hmm. into the amazon influencer program so all three of those things so i think that Based on what you're saying, I feel like what we're what you what we're looking at is an operational thing, a question, an operational situation for you. And that's what I mean by that is we need to figure out how to tie all of the back end of you committing to your business. Like, is it one calendar you're working from or four calendars you're working from? And that's just a simple thing. But I think what we're looking at is how do we on the back end bring all the businesses together? which is quite possible so that your front end continues to look separate like you want it to, but operationally you're acting like one business. So all your billing goes through one place. All your, um, 
you know, the delivery on your, I, I also think you need an extra person to help you out with this. So you might be training somebody up to support you. That would be the second thing I would say you probably need in there. Um, with the with the gemstone business, it seems to be pretty pretty established. So you're working. Are you are you just selling? Are you actually making the jewelry? Like, are you farming? And we're going a little bit into the what your business does and what you actually does. Like, what are your actual actions day to day? So that you would be yeah, able to. I make all I make all the jewelry myself. I don't outsource anything. Okay. So I must I say, I, I must say that Michelle, you do a lot of work. Like, <laughs> it's not. How yeah, the hell are you doing all of this? Like, you know, I should applaud you just, just being that far. Like, you know, uh, you know, because you said you not only make gemstones, you create content, you still look after your family. That's a lot of work. So salute to you, Michelle. You know, hats off. That's. A lot of work. And yeah, someone, uh, Derek said, you might need an outsourced bookkeeper. I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that it's your operations we actually need to consolidate so that it runs all your business on the front end and then you're only doing one on the back. Does that seem like what would be helpful to you? Um, I guess so. I have to let go of the control um, because... yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I hired a VA, I had to let her go because her content wasn't anything like me. Um, so my content across all my businesses are actually, is actually very similar where I'm the front face of the camera. Um, so it's letting go of control. I hear you though. <laughs> yeah, there is a letting. Okay. Okay. So the letting of control is a shift in mindset. Um, with, with what you do and can you accept that someone is going to do it differently than you? The content, I mean. I no, the content. I can't let that go. I tried it, and um, no, I can't let the content go. I, is I, it I think because it's not serious. I, I feel because I feel Natalie. I I think you guys should have like a much more deeper conversation because I don't want Michelle yeah, to give out personal. Mm -hmm details about her business on oh, a yeah, live yeah, show true. so michelle i would recommend you reach out to natalie i i would dm you her profile link or you should be able to find it on the uh, on the notes so that you guys can have better clarity uh, on this uh, i do completely agree with what you said about giving away control because uh, as an entrepreneur i was not giving control away for the past three to four years and i finally decided that <sighs> I have to teach other people how to do it so that I have less amount of stress. And when I started doing it, it is challenging. It's hard because uh, they may not be as passionate as you are because they don't own the business like you do. So it's challenging, but you need to have that skill set like how you can make other people work in the exact same fashion as you do, create SOPs, have something in place so that the execution is done at the same scale or find such individuals who can make that happen. So I, I just wanted to pause there because I don't want any kind of confidential information to be given out. And I don't want the show to be like a scrutiny session for Michelle. So Michelle, is that all right with you? Do you have another question probably you like to ask her? 
No, that was that was great. And I totally respect that because I felt like I was hogging the stage here. So Natalie, <laughs> I appreciate it. And I and I will reach and I'll reach out to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah and please do. And and because I would love to be helpful to you because I understand uh, what you're talking about. And Jason's right. It would be to get in the weeds about your stuff. So I, DM me. I we can we can chat. We can get on the phone. Don't worry about it. Let's talk it through so you can get someplace with what you're what you're want to do. All right. She's sending a heart emoji to you, Natalie. So thank you so much, Michelle. So let's Aww, move on to heart back, heart back. <laughs> Michelle. Virtual heart back. Heart being sent back to you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Let's let's uh, hear from Leslie. So Leslie, do you have a question, or would you like to contribute to this conversation? Hi, hi, Jason. Uh, wonderful conversation today. No, I just wanted to share. I completely resonate when you mentioned, you know, wearing different hats. And it's sort of like I'm a mom of three boys, native New Yorker. It's so great to see my husband's a Jersey boy. But um, at the end of the day, you know, just uh, letting and allowing other people to be integrated into your business is really tough. It's like getting a sitter for the first time with your first child and, and putting that trust, you know, it's, 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 it's really like a baby that you have brought into this world, your business to nurture it, to groom it and hoping that they have the same kind of expectations and goals that you have. Um, and I find it a lot, very challenging in this day and age to find people that are, um, that can be on that same wavelength and have the same, uh, work set skills. So thank you for bringing that to the table. And uh, yeah, yeah, just really enjoying today. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So I want to share one thing that I think would be uh, a great commentary for. I had to learn to let go of, uh, very early in my career just because it was I was literally forced to. And I, I will say this. One of the things that happened with the people that worked for me is I gave them the confidence to take the risk. So I knew where to position them, where risks could be taken. And that's what you want to figure out. Because when they came to work with me, I would always tell them, you know, we're doing this business. There's not really, there's no atomic bomb. If you push, there's no button for you to push. So whatever you do, I will help and protect you as long as you act with integrity and with the intention of doing a good job. I will be there to support you. So have confidence in yourself and being able to move your team along and have confidence in the building, the business you've built. Because it's it's solid. You just need to to, to remember it. I, I hope that was encouraging. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. It is. It is. And thank you so much for that, Leslie. It's always nice to have you on the show, uh, along with my other friends, Michelle, and I see, uh, I'm so sorry, we could not bring Wade up. I see my friend from Australia, Thomas. Uh, you know, let me just check the time in Australia. What's the time in Australia? It's Little. around 1 a.m. in Perth. Ooh, I'm thank not sure you, Thomas. <laughs> so thank you, Thomas, for being here, uh, being a part of this conversation. It really, really means a lot. Thank you so much for listening to us. All right, so let's actually give the opportunity, uh, the mic to Miranda. Thank you so much, Miranda. Uh, for joining us on stage. Please note that this conversation is being recorded. Do you have a question? Is there anything you'd like to contribute to this conversation? Please go ahead. 
Yes, thank you. I, I do. I do have a question for Natalie, and it's about community building. I was wondering how you go about building community around a product, a service, or even a mission, because I own, I'm sorry, I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization. So I was wondering, does it differ depending if it's a product, a service, or a mission, and just how you go about building community. Thanks. So um, it, it's it's similar. It's similar traits from place to place. It's just going to be where you focus your attention. So you're in the nonprofit space. You wanna you wanna be committed to a community that is within the area that your nonprofit focuses on. So if you're focused on kids, you want to be with educators and you want to be with, um, well, educators is the first, parents and other communities that focus on a similar offering or do a similar business or service. Because that's where the intellectual capital is that you want to trade off your, your intellectual capital for their intellectual capital so that you actually are talking to people with similar interests and gaining ideas and possibilities. There are also the people who are going to mention you when you are looking to find founder, find other um, services or find participants for your non-for-profit. I'm not sure what space you're in. So whatever you would need in that, in that community, is that, does that help a little bit? Yes. Um, I have a like, few what things. Are you doing going- yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a few things going on. Like Michelle, I have a app service for um, the special mm-hmm. education community. So I'm in education as it relates to the IEP communication process and in- improving mm-hmm. how schools communicate with um, parents. And I'm also in the Bible literacy, biblical literacy space. Like that's the the nonprofit Mm -hmm. to increase biblical literacy. So um, there's a connection. It may not be an obvious one, but the connection is um, solving problems. That that's how that's who I am. I'd like to think that everything that I do is to relieve a pain point because that's the that's the plan. That's the goal to relieve a pain in some area. And so those are the, the areas that I work mm-hmm. in. And that's the goal is to alleviate a pain. And so building community based on pain points and getting information on how best to alleviate those pains from the specific people is like the idea. So let, let me ask you, have you ever, do you ever go to conferences with other, like if we look at the biblical one where you're going to have pastors and other figures in uh, that are interested in biblical services of any type? Like, do you participate in your industry, so to speak? Yes, I participate in my industry by teaching an international Bible study. Um, For the last two years, I've been teaching that online Mm -hmm. where we 
Well, we, um, I, we study one chapter in one hour. That's the name of the nonprofit, one chapter in one hour. Mm-hmm. And we, we've been doing that for the, the last two years. And we've studied 29 of the 66 books of the Bible. So my connection is in, is actually just in the work. And I've reached out to a, a few folks here on LinkedIn who are also small business owners who are also in ministry. And um, we have some collaborations planned, but that's truly the extent of it. I haven't necessarily um, attended any conferences or anything like that. Yeah, I would start for you. I would start with events. I would start to go to events because you're all you're you're insulated that you're only dealing with people that are directly connected to you. Where if you were at a, an event, you would start to connect with a wider range of of people, and you know just start introducing yourself and what your offering is, and you will find then you'll get more responses. And then when you post on LinkedIn about these things, you'll find that people are starting to find you because the algorithm, you're you're pushing the algorithm to respond to you on LinkedIn. So I I think that you're focused on like, oh, these are the people I'm getting the information to, but to flip it, to build your community, you need to get out to the events and um, the gatherings that are offered within the industry that you're focused on. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but in at those events, I would be a spectator and not a participant. Do you understand? You can be, and you would talk to people, but it's, this right. can take you a little Network. out of your comfort zone. You're networking, yeah, you're networking. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. It's like a big tea party, and you just want to meet all the guests at your tea party. Think of it that way. <laughs> I'm going idea. to a party, and I'm <laughs> going to go talk to all the guests because this is my party. And you'd be surprised. People are ready to talk to you and share with you. And do smaller ones to start. Don't do something, you know, huge and over the top. Do a smaller one. And little by little, you'll build momentum and you'll find your community builds. And it's not like one, then two. It's like you get to two and then it comes four and four becomes 16 and 16 becomes, uh, what's 16 times 16? Whatever square root of square, 16 squared is. But that's how it grows. I, I feel, Miranda, you should book a consultation call with Natalie directly and you should actually dissect this a little more uh, so that you both can get equal clarity on this. I, I don't think it would be justice for us to have this conversation and figure out a solution right away. I would encourage, uh, you know, Miranda, I would send you Natalie's profile as a DM. Please reach out to her. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of her brainstorm because I think when we brainstorm, we find good solutions. And you never know, maybe something very simple as what Natalie suggested. Would that be all right with you? Miranda? (laughs) I'm sorry. I got a call. I got a call. I heard everything where you said Uh um, reach out to her. You'd send me um, Uh um, a connection in the DM. and Then I got a call and I didn't hear anything after that. Yeah, I was just asking, is that is that all right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I, I must say, you know, Miranda has such an amazing voice. You know, Natalie, did you observe that? She has I did, a really I did. cool voice. I love how you I'm, say it. I, uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I loved it. I was. I, I, I think we could do something to, to, I could be helpful to you. 
because I understand what you're saying. So please, please, please reach out to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Please continue to be on stage because I think it's time for us to start rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. The fun side of things. All right. And there would be one common question which I would be asking Leslie and you, Miranda. Now, please participate because this is where the fun side shows up. This is where the humanistic side shows up. My first question to you, Natalie, though, is that if you could invent a completely useless but an amusing gadget for yourself, what would it? What would that do? Like, what would it do? Oh, a completely amusing and useless gadget. Yes, for yourself. Yes, what would you do? Uh, what myself. would it do? <laughs> yeah. What would it do? I would. I would invent something to constantly keep my hair hydrated and fixed so I never have to comb my hair again. I would create a mini a mini hairdresser in a kit that I would just walk along and she would fix my hair and let go. It's a little vain, but <laughs> a mini and the robot. Second thing I would yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Second thing. A mini robot to just fix my hair. Uh -huh. And the second thing is, and this is, you know, I don't, a mini liposuction device so that every time I ate, it would just suck the fat out and I would forever be thin. Not skinny, just <laughs> shapely. Shaping it. Okay, so yeah, mm -hmm. these these appear to be quite useful stuff which you like to have, but I will I will roll with it. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> okay, so next question, next question which I have for you: What's the most embarrassing song you have on your playlist which you secretly enjoy listening to? The most embarrassing song that I secretly enjoy. Oh. Freak in the morning, freak in the evening, just like me by Anita. I can't remember. It's like it goes way back, but it's a little raunchy. <laughs> freak by. I Anita. do have a dark side. I do have a dark side. I'm trying to keep it, you know, undercover, but I do have a dark side. All right. All right. <laughs> she has a dark side on the dark side of entrepreneurship, you know. That is super, super cool. So Freak by Anita, that's the song. I've not actually heard it. I'm going to listen to it once we finish our recording. I want to see. I'll, I'll you know, send it to you. Yeah, what kind of headbanger is this? You know, is it is it like a EDM? It's is like it? from the early 90s. Okay. I think it's from the early 90s. BMG, I think BMG Music or Columbia Music put uh -huh. it out. All right. If you were clubbing at that time, it was out. <laughs> makes sense okay i got one more question for you and then i have a common question for everyone on stage okay now if you had to create a new holiday about embracing change while sticking to tradition what would it be called and what would people do to celebrate it it's related to the topic do you want me to repeat that question so, again uh yeah, we did it again. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you had to create a new holiday about embracing change while sticking to tradition, what would you call it and what would people do to celebrate it? You had some tricky questions up your sleeve, my friend. <laughs> um I'd call it Digital Don't Day. 
and we would have to turn off all the electricity, all the Wi-Fi, and just enjoy the people that are with us on that day. Like we'd have to talk to them. All right, so it's called. It's gonna be called as an acronym DDD, Digital Don't D -D -D. Day. <laughs> no electronic gadgets, no air conditioning, nothing fancy. Uh, yeah. You have to go outside if you want to breeze. <laughs> you have to cook on a on a you know on a a live fire. All right, so maybe we might. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's a little extreme. <laughs> but, a little extreme, but you know, I just. I mean, you know, when we talk about all this stuff, we talk about with change. Change. I, I think we're we're talking about how we interact with stuff, not so much that we're changing who we are. We're changing the interactions. So I think that's what's that's what's the the focus, and innovation and new possibilities come out of that. New opportunities come out of that. But until you live in that moment of the now, which is what the purpose of a digital don't day, you live in the moment. Because when you think about the past or you think about the future, it's a lot of anxiety and stress. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Okay, my next question is actually common for everyone on stage, including Leslie and Miranda. We will start with Miranda first. So the question is very simple. What's the strangest thing you have ever eaten and do you regret it? What's the strangest thing you have ever eaten in your life and do you regret it? Let's hear from Miranda. Go ahead, Miranda. Sure. I'm from Los Angeles and I married someone from Louisiana. So crawfish. Every summer it's crawfish. And so like, you know, I've been married for over 20 years, so I don't do it anymore, but you know, for many years, I would participate in those crawfish boils. Of, of, of course, I still go. I just don't eat the crawfish. I eat the, the potatoes, the corn, the sausage, but I'm over the crawfish. So that would have to be the strangest thing that I've eaten. And um, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it shows your infinite love, you, you infinite, uninfinite love which you have for crawfish. I've never tried it, so I don't, I'm not really sure how it tastes and how it smells and all. But I'm not really a chicken. big fan of fish. I can it's tell you. It's chicken. That. It's like chicken. Ah. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. Okay. Not that was a joke. All. I actually <laughs> took it took her seriously. Like it it's, tastes like chicken. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's hear from Leslie. Okay. Leslie, same question. Is there any kind of food which you had you kind of regret it? And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I quickly, I'll tell you too. One from the, uh, my Polish side, my father was from Poland and he liked pig's feet which they would jelly, like jellied pig's feet in a jar, which I never would even touch or taste or just even look at it, uh, even though I love to try all different types of food and tripe stew. My mother was all Italian. My grandma made, which is cow intestine, tripe stew. Uh, rubbery, I didn't like the texture. I tried it as a kid and never, never made it for my kids. <laughs> so that's my share. <laughs> I'm not sure if I heard that. Does it, did you say pig's 
feet. Is that what she said? Yes, yes she I did. Do. And I feel oh, yeah. you. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I don't need entrails. <laughs> so in Jamaica, there's a thing called manish water. And I, I had it at a wedding the first time. They're like, no, you must drink it because it's like a celebratory thing. And manish because it's made with certain parts of the goat. Um, yeah, I don't eat entrails, nothing like that. They're absolutely disgusting. My opinion. Okay, so it, is your that yours? Then. Is that yours, Natalie? Is that the one which you wanted yep. to share? About? Yep, mm. that's my share. Okay, anything else other than that? Anything else you mm. find disgusting? Anything that's an entrail, I'm not eating. Okay, okay. For me, no. you know, just in case, if anybody, no. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Complete. No, no, I was. I was saying that if you ask me, I hate crabs. Disgusting. I hate crabs. I can't stand them. I find it scary. I think it's such a big task just to cut the motherfuckers and just have it. Like you know, it's so <laughs> so complicated and hard. I just don't buy. Like I I don't like it at all. But you know that's mm -hmm. me. But you were about to say something. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, yeah, I'm still thinking on the managed word. It's something that happens when you say it too, because all I could see is testicles. And then, then I'm just like, I'm into ball <laughs> section. And then I'm just like, oh, just saying. I understand. I've gone down a dark road <laughs> in my head. All right, all right, all right. Let, let me actually give you the opportunity to promote your business. So tell us. What is your vision with Natalie, uh, sorry, HaywoodSmithConsulting.com? You know, guys, it's, it, it's, it's a long URL. Do not struggle. You should be able to find it on the event notes, show notes, show description. It's there. You should be able to find it easily. So tell us, what is your vision? Where do you want to reach with HaywoodConsulting.com? So for, for me, Haywood Smith is about building businesses and the people who run the business so that they can get to their next level. And in my next level, it looks very practical in that um, the team, I, I do have a small team, but consistently working with businesses, consistently going on this adventure of how do we create better mid and small size businesses? Because I believe, I believe that, I am building a, the world to be more economically safe so that my children have opportunities to move forward. And I think if we don't build out that in the world, we'll see the bigger guys get bigger and the smaller guys get smaller. And that I believe the success of any um, community, the success of us financially, the success of Access comes with mid-sized businesses being strong and firm and grounded. So if I can contribute to that build, then I'm contributing to how the rest of the world works out and how my children will have a future. I know it's a little, you know, lofty in that sense, but I can, I realize I'm one human being, so I'm going to do one thing at a time. And, and there's nothing wrong in it. I, you know, I... I'm definitely with you. And that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Is there is there any sort of promotions, mm -hmm. upcoming event, or 
anything you like to promote on my show i i want to a couple of things i'm such a i i'm the player in the background you know so right now to the point of pock stock which is p o c k pock and then stock it's people of color stock photography so all the images are on there of people of color in different venues and different um settings and the point is to really change the way we see each other in media and advertising in uh marketing and communications because too often when we look at all these things that are happening specifically in the United States we realize that people get their impressions of others from media they've done a number of studies that show that so if 70% of our world gets their information about another community or culture from looking at television and they're not authentically represented then we end up with perpetuating stereotypes that are damaging to both sides of the coin so what i do with pockstock is i help them build i i have helped them create amazing contracts with large um corporations and global entities uh we've done some great project with global entities i have a, a an ability to to help businesses grow so anybody on this call feel free to reach out to me we can have a conversation about what my capabilities and possibilities are i would be glad to help you out i i really do believe in working with people because i feel like it's the thing that helps me push the world forward so haywood smith consulting is here to help businesses and individuals grow in a nutshell absolutely absolutely so so that's haywoodsmithconsulting.com and that's natalie whom the voice which you are hearing please reach out to her for help mm-hmm. and if you even if you're thinking about change transition transformation if you're struggling with those kind mm-hmm. of things it's just good to just have a conversation and figure out how mm-hmm. you know you can necessarily handle these kind mm-hmm. of things and i'm positive natalie would be able to guide you and help you and streamline mm-hmm. things and organize things and help you out in in that fashion so yeah. i want to personally thank natalie for uh, you know having this spectacular conversation with me it's it's so damn mm-hmm. good to have you here i thoroughly enjoyed thank this you. conversation and if there is one thing you want people to take away from this conversation what would that be i would want you to know that your business is solid your skills are incredible just focus on what your benefit is to your client and you will have the success that you are looking for absolutely i could not agree more i appreciate you sharing that i want to quickly give a shout out uh, you know an, not a shout out but again i i don't know why i keep saying shout out an announcement towards my next show uh, next week so just in case if you guys are new my show is hosted live every wednesday at 12 eastern standard time so next show is how ai is reshaping creative industries with heather crank uh she's an amazing individual she's a motion graphic artist she's heavily into ai and art which is created out of ai so we would be deep diving and having such a creative conversation next week i would highly encourage you to rsvp the event details are listed under the show notes 
uh, on LinkedIn audio, you should be able to find it. Or if you're on LinkedIn, if you can find my profile, go to the featured section. Uh, you should be able to find it. On that note, I wanted to personally thank each and everyone who made this conversation a success. Please take care of yourself. Have a lovely morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Natalie. We had such a lovely conversation. Thank you God so much. You. And thank you, everybody that uh, participated. I appreciate you greatly. And feel free to reach out.